This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. It's Groundhog's Day, um, and uh, it's unacceptable. We've got a long weekend to think about it. Um, what are we, 6-6-1, six, six, so 13 games passed, so we got four more. Time will tell. Time will tell. Four more games, and that's it. Then it's curtains on this season, and unfortunately, seems like possibly two. Good chance, two on the Hall of Fame career of number seven. Hour number two here in the locker room. Wesley Euler with you flying solo today. I'm producing it. I'm hosting it. It's just me and you, baby. One more hour to get through it. Going to jump on the phone lines here in just a minute. 412 919-1316. Those are the digits to dial. But reminder, all right, I'm, I'm here by myself. So I'll get to you guys during break. I'll put you on hold. I'll get to you during break. Just be patient with me if you are trying to hop on the phone lines. You can always get at me again on Twitter, at Wesley Euler. And he tweets me and says, the Steelers have a lot of holes, a lot of injuries, and have a lot of experience. They're a 500 team with some bright spots and some bad. Going to enjoy this roller coaster season, see how it ends. I suspect... We'll see many new faces next se- next uh, season. I agree with that, Annie. It feels like, you know, there certainly was a lot of turnover with this team this past offseason. I, I think that's only going to continue, only maybe be uh, even more dramatic, you know, in the coming months, through free agency, through the draft, all those different things. One uh, point that I did want to discuss here, Uh, Before we go back to the phone lines, real quick, that I haven't gotten to yet, maybe this is a good way to to lead off the second hour of the show here. I still think, you know, we've talked a lot about how, and not just this season, not just in Buffalo, not just in L.A., not just in Minnesota, and man, it really seems like the slow starts are happening on the road now too, right, that I say that out loud. But last year, you had one-half performances against the Titans, against the Ravens, against the Colts, that you were fortunate enough to, to scrape by with victories. I still think... That there is one thing, one key area that the Steelers can try to address that, that would lead to him, them having better starts. And that is getting Najee involved earlier and more often. Okay? And I, I don't believe me. I'm going to give you some numbers here. I don't want to sound like, you know, um, like classic, uh, just run the dang ball guy. And I, I obviously know when all of a sudden you're down 16 nothing. It's, it's, it's harder to, to stick to that plan. It's harder to keep the ball on the ground. But I think it, it's from the jump, they're not doing enough to get Najee Harris involved. And here's what I mean. First drive of the game, okay, for the Steelers, where Boswell ended up missing that field goal, 49 yards, I believe. The Steelers ran 11 plays on their opening drive of the game. Two carries for Najee. That's it. One for Benny Snell, and the rest were passes. Second drive of the game, one carry for Nage. Third drive of the game, one carry for Nage. And none of his touches, none of those four touches that he had on the first three drives were on first down. Not a single first down carry. And if you listen to Motes and I on the Steelers Blitz this week, you'll know, we outlined this many times, the Vikings had the 31st ranked rush defense in terms of yards per carry. Only the Steelers were worse in the NFL in yards per carry for running backs going into last night. You, you can't wait that long to try and establish the run against a team that sucked against the run. First drive, 11 plays, two carries for Nosh. 
Second drive, one carry. Third drive, one carry. None of those touches on first down. Not a first down carry. And then all of a sudden you're down 16 points. So again, I'm... I'm not gonna sit here and act like it would have made all the difference. Like, like this is like I've you know I've opened Pandora's box and I've cracked the code and I found the secret to the Steelers saving their season. None of that. But I think one way that you can at least try and have better starts is to get Najee involved earlier because by the time you're you're down three scores, it's it's too late. Just four carries on your first three drives of the game. None of those coming on first down. I'm sorry, but to me, that that ain't it. In fact, that's even bordering on football malpractice. The guy's a first-round pick. Other than Ben Roethlisberger, you could argue he's your best player on offense. Probably him or Deontay Johnson other than Big Ben, right? Get him involved earlier. Hopefully you elongate some more drives, and maybe that keeps your defense off the field as well, too. 412-919-1316 on Twitter, at Wesley Euler. Oh, now here goes the neighborhood. Let's go to Chicago. Let's go to Carolina. It's the Triple C Connection, CR and Juan. Talk to me, fellas. What's happening? Hey, what's going on, brother? CR, still in Chicago. And Juan, the Carolina Connection. Triple C production. Triple C's production. What's up? You know what, boys? I needed this this morning. A little smile on my face. What you got for me? Okay, first all right. of all, let, let, let me give some background. Uh, we got we have four calls uh, Wednesday. There was no, no uh, four calls uh, Wednesday. There was no calls yesterday because of travel day. Uh, 14 calls this week, 19 calls uh, and counting this season. Hey, Wes, you never, you never solo, brother. When you ride, we ride. <laughs> Who ride? Chicago, Carolina Connection. Has your back. It's a black and gold thing. Hey, Juan. Hey, hey, Wes. Doing a good job. We appreciate you, brother. So, uh, let's get started. So, uh, with the game, the, I got to say, those officials are getting ridiculous because that play on Minka, when they showed a slow review, oh. you hit them on the shoulder pad in the end zone. And also on that long pass, like the 60 or 70 yard touchdown pass, the receiver pitched Cam Sutton away from the ball. Mm-hmm. He didn't throw a flag on that. Yeah, you know, Juan, especially that one on Minka. And you know what? It's it's funny. I I thought of you when that happened because I know you're you're Mr. Alabama. I that that it's just brutal, and it, it's it's one of those plays that you know it, we see this too much in the NFL now, where it feels like if you hit a guy hard, it's automatically going to be a flag, and that's not football, and that's a bang bang play certainly. Like I, I don't expect referees to be perfect, but it's also gotten to the point where it seems like in those situations, the guy on offense is always getting the benefit of the doubt, and and you know what's even more frustrating about that in the moment is is honestly when it happened when Minka got flagged for that penalty, I think the Steelers were down. 26 points, right? It, it didn't seem like a huge deal at the time, but in, in hindsight now, it, maybe that's the difference um, in the Steelers being a little bit closer at the end. Who knows? Maybe things play out differently. Um, it, it's frustrating for sure. You can. It, it's funny we haven't talked about that yet, you know, 70 minutes into the show here, but it's just, yeah, you can add that to the, uh, the lengthy list of, of things that were, were very annoying about last night. Yeah, and then also with um, Claypool on the first couple of drives, he like um, like Stan was saying last night. If I was Tom, I'll bench him next week because we're on the first play with the um, with the taunt with the 15 yards, and then also mm-hmm. he almost um, caused us a fumble. And then on the last drive, he caused us five seconds. He want to celebrate for first down. Well, for what? We don't have any timeouts. Yeah. Get out, spike the ball. We get out, spike the ball. 
we would have had probably another chance, and who knows? And you know, and everybody blasting um, fire move on Twitter, or he would have caught the ball. The guy was a rook, a rookie. Ben made a perfect pass. Harrison Smith just came over. I was gonna say, and, yeah, and hit him. Harrison Smith. Hit him, you got so. again. I know this is it's hard for us to do sometimes, right? But you're right. Like Harrison Smith made a great play there. You got to give him credit. Yeah, yeah, you got to give that guy credit. He he knocked. He came over and knocked the ball off out of his hand. Similar almost with, with the maker. He, he hit him shoulder to shoulder. So yeah, you got to get over that. Okay, see how it goes. Okay, yeah, uh, you know we've talked about uh, Claypool's uh, bonehead a- actions, but let's not forget about the third quarter INT by Spoon. Yep. Pittsburgh down 29-7, and the entire D <laughs> runs 40 yards to the end zone to post for the camera. I mean, what kind of stuff is that? The team is just – all this all this stuff is not is, – is, it doesn't mean anything, man. Yeah. You know, uh, the team is immature. Uh, as you say, they're young and many inexperienced. Uh, the, the, their play is not that good on the field. Uh, this Pittsburgh team is just is not it's not a solid team as far as experience and 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 everything. I mean, the, I guess you could say it's not your father's Pittsburgh <laughs> team. It's just not. Yeah, no, so, a- absolutely. See, okay. See, here, here's 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 what I got for you. You know what that 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 reminded me a lot of. You know that it was the same feeling that I had when when Witherspoon made that interception. Nice play, important play. But you're down 29 yeah. to 7 at that point. You're down 22. <laughs> Boys, I'm not good at math, but I can figure that one out. You're down 22 points <laughs> at that at that point. It, it's just it's it's and you run 40 yards of the end zone to celebrate. Um is it the end of the world? No, absolutely, but it's just it's unnecessary. It's a horrible look. You know what it reminded me of? I, I had the same reaction as to when Chase Claypool brought up playing music in the post game against Cincinnati, right? Like it's just read the room. You, you, you've got to know, as professional athletes, as really anybody in life, but I think particularly professional athletes, a highly scrutinized occupation. Highly paid, highly compensated, but highly scrutinized as well, too. You've got to be able to read the room and just know sometimes it's not. You don't need to talk about playing music at practice sometimes when you just lost by 38 points to a division rival, and you don't need to sprint down to the end zone to pose for a picture when you're down 22 points in the second half. Just, just a little self-awareness. Yeah, man. This, this is this, this is a whole new generation of football. It is. It and is. All that kind of stuff, the TikToking and the cameras and all that <laughs> posing. You know, back in the day, the guys never did that stuff. They just never did. Yeah. It. Hey, guys, then, I'm only 30 years old. I'm not. I'm not young, but I'm not that old. But that even that even sticks in my craw. It's it's. I understand. You're absolutely right, Cr. It is a new generation of football player, and I don't want to sound like the guy yelling at the kids to get off his lawn. But again, you just <laughs> you just gotta be able to read the room from time to time. Yeah, yeah. Man, I, I agree with you on that. But the bottom line here is that a fantastic comeback do not mean sugar honey iced tea if you do not win the game. As for the news headline, it's going to be a deja vu of Ryan Clark's comments after the, the Bengals <laughs> game. So we can just, re, instead of playing the headlines, we can just replay that over and over there and over go. again because it's the same thing. So, hey, Juan, anything else? Yeah, where's also yeah. One more thing. I was thinking, um, Ben is not the problem. So if if I no, was Ben, if, if if I was Ben, I'll think about bringing it back for another year. And also, hmm. with 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 the wide receiver situation, we signed Juju to a one year deal, a, a short improvement, and try to try to do something with that. You know, 
Juan, I, I would not be surprised if Juju came back. I, 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 I do think that this is Ben Roethlisberger's last season, but I also – I wouldn't say that that's a four – like I'd still say there's a 30, 35%, you know, maybe 70, 30, 65, 35 that he retires, but it's it, – it, it's tough. It, like it, it really is because you, you want to see it end better for him. And again, I don't even mean necessarily, hey, maybe you make the playoffs, maybe you miss the playoffs, whatever – um, but it's it should not be him getting teed off on for the first half an hour of the game. That's for sure, fellas. I I got to get the break here, but great stuff as always. Thanks right. for thanks for putting a smile on my face, and hopefully I'll talk to you guys soon. In the okay. meantime, and in between time, here we go, Steelers. Here we go. Who <laughs> Have a good weekend, boys. There they go. The Triple C connection. Chicago all the way down to Carolina. One. And CR. I'm going to get to some more phone calls when we come back on the other side here. I got a couple of you on hold. Stick with me. I'll, I'll get your names and everything when we go to break, and we'll get you up and on the board for the next segment. Real quick, though, you can also get at me on Twitter at Wesley Euler. A bunch of you have been tweeting me. I'm, I'm trying to keep up with everything again today. It is a little bit of a balancing act because I'm here you know, producing and hosting and doing everything by myself. But two tweets that I think kind of play off of each other. John tweets me and says, how about the officials throwing that flag on Minka for defenseless receiver, but none uh, for the hit on Fryermuth. They looked oddly similar. Um, and then Citra Knight tweets me and says, closer inspection shows that Eric Kendricks knocked the ball out of Chase Claypool's hand at the end of the game. Bonehead move from Claypool aside, should that have been a delay of game penalty from the refs? Here's my thing. When a game plays out like it did last night, it's hard for me to blame the officials for anything. The officials weren't the reason that the Steelers were down 29 points at halftime. You know, if, if that's a tight game the entire way, I, I would want to spend more time today on the Minka flag, on the Friar Muth hit, on the, you know, did Eric Kendricks, should there have been delay a game there? But that to me is just all backburner stuff, and that's just all, like if I were to sit here and blame the refs and spend a lot of time on those things, I'd just be seeking comfort. I'd, I'd be doing you all a disservice because that's part of the story, but it's, it's certainly not, you know, front page news. I do agree. The Frymouth hit looked kind of familiar to the Minka hit. I don't think either should have been flagged, but, you know, when, when you're, you're calling a spade a spade. And for Citra Knight, in terms of Eric Kendricks knocking the ball out of Chase Claypool's hands and it not being Trey Turner, I do think that you could see that on, on film if you really look at it. Here's the thing, though. If Chase Claypool catches that ball, hops right up, and starts running back to the huddle, either one, that doesn't happen, or two, if it's that clear and obvious and Eric Kendricks smacks it out of his hands, then yes, it would be a 15-yard unsportsmanlike or delay a game penalty. But... When you waste five or six seconds celebrating and then you get up and you kind of stumble and stutter around, not sure what to do because your teammates are yelling at you and it's, you know, you're in the kitchen and it's getting hot. doesn't matter. You got to catch that ball. You got to bounce right back up and you got to run to your center. You got to run to that referee over center to spot the ball. We'll get to some more of your tweets. We'll get to some more of your phone calls. 412-919-1316. I've also got a Pat Fryermuth uh, point to make. And I'll do that when we return on the other side. More reaction, more commiseration. Wesley Euler with you here, flying solo in the locker room on a Friday on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio.
This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Wesley Euler with you here in the locker room on a Friday, just about another half an hour or so to go before I turn things over to the Godfather, Stan Saverin. Got some of you on hold, got some of your tweets. That's where we'll go for the next half hour of the show. Dr. Dave tweets me here and says, I really wanted this team to compete, to be successful in what will probably be Ben Roethlisberger's last year, but this team just has so many needs that I really would rather see them lose the rest of their games and get a high draft pick. What record do you think they would need to get a top 10 pick? Well, let me just say this. Even with their struggles over the last few weeks, I don't think the Steelers are going to go 0-4 in their in their last four games. I just think there's too much pride there. There is still enough talent there. I know they've got some good opponents. The Titans are going to make the playoffs. The Chiefs are going to make the playoffs. And the Ravens are, are going to make the playoffs. I don't know about the, the Browns, probably not. But in your last four games, you've got four, you know, pretty solid teams to, to varying degrees. Um, three of those teams are, are probably going to be postseason teams. I, I still don't see them going 0-4, though. Ben's too good. There's enough skill on the defense, I think, particularly if they get Hayden back to, to stop the bleeding in that regard. And also, Dr. Dave, I mean, they, they would have to tank to get a top 10 pick at this point. If you look right now, I just pulled it up. The Steelers are just about dead in the middle. The Steelers would, if, if the NFL draft, if this was the last week of the season and the NFL draft order was set right now, the Steelers would pick 15th. New Orleans is 5-7. and seven, Carolina's 5-7. and seven, Atlanta's 5-7. and seven. I mean, they would need those teams to win games. And I, I don't see Atlanta and Carolina all of a sudden winning a bunch of games either. So even if, if you're the Steelers and you win a seventh game, say, say let's, let's go hypothetical here and the Steelers finish one and three, right? And you go seven, nine, and one. You probably, you're going to be in the high teens, but even that's not going to get you a top 10. I mean, you've got to win five, maybe six games to get a top 10 pick. And they've already got six wins. And like I said, I just don't see any scenario where they go, oh, and four, I, I don't think it's that dire. I know it felt like it in the first half last night, but I don't think it's that dire. If the Steelers win just one more game, they're probably picking 12-13 at best. That's just the reality. I mean, there are right now seven teams in the NFL that don't even have five wins. Those those seven are, are secured. And then, like I said, it's Atlanta, Carolina, New Orleans, Philadelphia, Minnesota, in between the Steelers, in, in the top 10. I, and I just don't see those teams winning a bunch of games either. Maybe the Vikings. I don't know how that team is 6-7. and seven. They're way too talented to be 6-7. and seven. But I, realistically, I think you should root more for the happy ending, the storybook ending for Ben Roethlisberger. We know that in all likelihood that's not going to be him standing on the podium holding the Lombardi trophy, but I still think you can go out with a good feeling in your mouth. Particularly, like I said, the Steelers go out and they beat the Ravens and the Browns the last two weeks of the season. Hey, You ain't getting a trophy for that. You're not hanging any banners for that. I don't want to sound like I'm seeking comfort, but there are still ways to put a smile on our face, to put a smile on Ben Roethlisberger's face as he exits stage left to Canton into the Hall of Fame. Let's go to the phone lines here for some more reaction. 412-919-1316. Ken in Clearwater, Florida is on the line. Talk to me, Ken. What's up? Good morning, Steeler Nation. First-time caller, long-time listener. I love the show. All right, let's let's go, Ken. So if we sit here and think about it, 
Ben Roethlisberger retiring, man, that's going to be a sad day for yeah. this team. Yeah. A sad, sad day for this team because he still has it. Everybody wants to point their finger that he's the problem. He's not. Mason couldn't even beat Detroit, <laughs> winless team. What are we going to do? You know, the, the second part is do, do any of these players on the team actually, like Claypool, you catch and you make a first down? Have you done it before? You have to get up and showboat? Come on. You didn't, you didn't run 60 yards to score a touchdown. Then you could do all the dancing you want. Yeah, guys got so much talent. You know, Ken. I, and, and, we, you know? yeah, we, we, you know, I, I'm sure you probably heard. I, I talked about this a little bit with Cr and Juan in the previous segment. Like, I'm, I'm not old. All right, I'm 30. I'm not old, but I'm not young anymore. I, I understand that it's a new generation of athlete. But like, man, you're absolutely right. There is a balance between having fun and not taking yourself too seriously as an athlete, right? I think we all. We like it when we can tell that these guys are enjoying what they do and that they know they're getting paid a lot of money to play a kid's game and all that stuff. You love to see that enjoyment and that energy. But at the same time, there's a fine line there between just loving to play the game and acting like you've been there before. And, man, when 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 you're struggling, when things aren't going well, it's that same. You just got to be able to read the room at some point. And I, I don't care if you're 80 years old or if you're 8 years old. Reading the room is always a valuable lesson. You know, you, you look at some things and say, what could have been with this team? There's three games we could have yeah. won. What could have been if we had Stefan Suet? What could have been if Tyson didn't get hurt? Yeah. You know, then our front seven would have been alive. So, you know, the, the management put the right team on the field. You know, nobody's, nobody's perfect, but, you know, injuries hurt us. But, you know, I'm still a Steelers fan. Whether we win or lose, I never thought about turning the TV off last night, and it was exciting down the end. And Pat reminds me of Heath Miller so much. Yeah. He catches the ball and does something. He doesn't, he doesn't dance around. He gets back to work and is ready to do another play. Yeah, Ken, you so know those what? Those are the type of players we need to look at. I, I'm glad you said that because, you know, it is, it's easy to wallow on days like today. But I do think one thing, you know, as we start to think about this next era of Steelers football and, and, and what this offseason could be like, I do think you have to be encouraged by, on offense, Pat Fryermuth, Najee Harris, Deontay Johnson. Uh, wide receiver, tight end, running back. I think you've got those guys solidified. They're young. They will be there for whoever is, you know, the next guy under center in that next era. It's a good starting point. You're obviously going to have to find the next quarterback, and you obviously still need to do a lot of work on that offensive line. But I'm glad you mentioned Fryermuth. I think Najee and Deontay belong in that conversation as well, too. It's, it is certainly easy to wallow, but I think as we, you know, again, as we start to have some forward-thinking conversations. you, you got to be encouraged to have those three guys so young, so good, and, uh, and in the next era of Steelers football to bridge that gap. Yep. Yeah, Najee's something else. But, uh, hey, Ben, give us one more year just like you did for Jerome. Come back and, you know, let's get healthy and do some damage next year. But this year's not over. Four wins. Maybe we can get in, and then, it's, you know, we'll see what happens. Hey, Ken, crazier things have happened. Thanks for the call, partner. Don't be so shy in the future, yeah. all right? Take care. Take care. Thank you. <laughs> there he is, Ken down in Clearwater, Florida. A good place to be right now. I imagine the weather is much nicer than it is here in Pittsburgh. Let's go to another place where I bet the weather is nicer, at least warmer, than it is here in western Pennsylvania. Neil out in Phoenix. What's up, Neil? Hey, nothing much, man. I, I just kind of want to take this from a different approach. Sure. Um, in the sense that, you know, I've seen I, – I, I've, I've pretty much – I, I, I've watched every game I possibly can since, you know, I'm a West Coaster, California, Arizona, so on and so forth, since the package came out. And I, I guess, like, I understand that Divas is going to be Divas, and obviously the neanderthal of 
<laughs> Bell and AB probably cost us a Super Bowl because of how stout we were at that time, even though the defense wasn't around like they are now. But I got to tell you, I know we're the fourth youngest team in the league, but mm-hmm. from a defensive standpoint, the schemes, I, I, I don't understand how I can watch Delvin Cook run 30 yards and only see two white jerseys in my 75-inch TV's frame. Hmm. They are not doing what they need to do on the defensive end, and it is extraordinarily unacceptable. And I get that Ben's slower and the offensive line might not be doing what it needs to do, and it does need to improve. I mean, he almost mishandled about four snaps from our rookie center. That's going to be growing pains. But at the same time, I'm looking at Tomlin wondering why, with 15 seconds left, he's allowing our backup quarterback <laughs> to throw an out route to a rookie tight end. Didn't get that either. As opposed Screaming to at the TV. Nausea, running Najee yeah. off the wall. It's, it's a 58 field goal at that point. Give Najee three yards. Give Boswell a chance. He's never really burned us. But in those opportunities, let's think about that specific play. One, it's incompleted. Two, he doesn't get to the sideline. Or three, he fumbles the ball and we lose to a winless team, which is exactly what's going to keep us out of the playoffs this year and is why I can't stand the fact that it's habitually happening. We never will beat the Raiders. It's not going to happen. Okay, <laughs> It's just what it is. The Chiefs will shove you know, Gronkowski at home up our faces every chance they get. It's just this regime. It's just now we're to the point where we're not good enough talent wise. And I feel like we're not talking enough about the, the executive level, because in my opinion, I feel like attitude respect, you know, projects, you know, sure. That old old attitude reflects reflects leadership. leadership. Yeah. I'm just not understanding why we, continuously lose to subpar teams. And I'm not saying the Vikings are a subpar team, but I could have ran for a hundred yards yeah. last night. Nobody was doing anything at the point of aggression. It, it, nobody was doing anything to push back. Delvin cook looked like OJ. It was <laughs> insane. I mean, good thing for Dalvin Cook, he decided to play. Yeah, because, I mean, it felt like he had 117 yards and a touchdown in the first quarter alone, I think it was. Uh, But, Neil, you're absolutely right, man. Listen, when you are a team like this, I mean, they're they're 500 right now, right? They are the definition of average. They're not terrible. They're they're not as terrible as we like to make it seem sometimes. They're not as great as we've liked to make it seem sometimes this season either. They are an average football team. They're 500 right now. It's the old Bill Parcells adage, right? You are what your record says you are. When you are an average football team, though, you're absolutely right. You have to be buttoned up in the the margins. You have to be tight in the minutia because when you can't just go out there right with Antonio Brown and with Lev Bell and and your Jimmys and Joes and just beat guys by being better and more talented and more athletic than they are, you have to be buttoned up. You have to win in the in the margins. The minutia has to be a net po- special teams has to be a net positive for you. Those little things, um, you know, stealing three points here has to be a net positive for you. And, and too often this season, it's gone the opposite way, and that's certainly frustrating. I'm up against it for a break here, partner. But great stuff. Thank you for the call. I appreciate it. 
I appreciate y'all. Talk to you soon. There's my guy, Neil, out in Phoenix. Great stuff. I, I tell you what. Yeah, you, you know, you guys spoil Max and Wolf. You get all, all the good callers here, baby. A couple of you guys on hold. I'm going to get you up on the board when we go to break, so stay with me. All right, G-Rob tweets me and says, there's a whole lot of crap on our Steelers' shoes. He uses a, a different four-letter word, but I think you, you catch the drift. There's a whole lot of crap on our Steelers' shoes. But one thing that really stands out, why, after being repeatedly called out publicly, is Big Ben still not being helped out by his teammates and his offensive line after he takes some of those hits? Seems like at this point that's inexcusable. G. Rob, you're absolutely right. That's another thing. I, I can't believe it took me an hour and 40 minutes to mention it. But my goodness, it's maddening enough, it's infuriating enough in the first half when you see Ben getting teed off on. The communication breakdowns three or four times, guys just uncontested with, with an easy sack on Ben Roethlisberger. But it's a whole nother when the offensive linemen are just standing there looking around. I, I understand you guys are young. I understand most of you are inexperienced. And I understand, again, like I said, it's not like you all were Marquise Pouncey and David DeCastro first-round high-pedigree draft picks. There was, it, it was fair to expect a learning curve, and maybe we were too unrealistic at the start of the season with some of the expectations. But it's now December, and, and you got to at least – be on the same page. The effort's got to be there. And yes, something that was talked about at many times this season, when your quarterback is getting teed off on, go pick him up. Yeah, G-Rob. See, just when I was just when I was starting to just when I was starting to feel a little bit better, you had to remind me of that. You're absolutely right. I'll get to more of your tweets at Wesley Euler on Twitter in the final segment. 412-919-1316 on the phone lines as well. One more to go in the locker room on a Friday. We're getting through it together. I'm Wesley Euler. You're listening to ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Final segment here in the locker room on a Friday. Wesley Euler with you today. I've been very grateful for the uh, the reaction, the participation, a lot of phone calls, a lot of tweets. I do want to say, because I, I know, hey, this is in the locker room. Max and Wolf, they have a huge loyal following here on the show. I, I do think a lot of you who were, you know, in tune with Steeler Nation Radio regularly, you're probably familiar with me and the show that I do with Arthur Motes. Um, but if not, I host a show with Arthur Motes on SNR every day at noon. It's called the Steelers Blitz. You can listen to us live on SNR at noon. You can also get us wherever you get your podcast. Just search Steelers Blitz. And I always like to throw this out. You know, anytime I fill in for Mark Madden or Stan Saverin or do a different show other than my own, I know that there's some of you out there who are probably hearing me for the first time. If you liked the show today, follow me on Twitter, at Wesley Euler. That's all that I ask. All right, they, you know, they... They pay me, between me and you, right? They, they pay me to do this show. N- not very well. They pay me to do this show, all right? But the ego boost that I get from Twitter follows, I mean, I would argue it's just as important as the financial compensation. <laughs> so if you like the show today, if you want to follow along more with what I do on SNR and with Arthur Motes, the former Steelers linebacker, uh, and you just want to help me get a little ego boost and feel good on this Friday, follow me on Twitter. 
at Wesley Euler. A couple tweets to get to real quick before we go back to the phone lines. Orion tweets and says, the thing I'm most bummed about is TJ being hurt again. Win or lose, I was really looking forward to him maybe breaking the single-season sack record. <laughs> the cuts just go deeper and deeper. You're absolutely right, Orion. I didn't think about that, but, you know, if TJ misses really any more time, if he doesn't go next week, if he misses any more time, all of a sudden – he, you're ju- you're just going to play your way out of the defensive player of the year conversation because you got to be available. You know, it's one thing, right, how quickly it can change. Y- you heard a lot in the past week. Look at how T.J. Watt is leading the league in sacks by a nice margin, and he's missed two games. But that can quickly go from being an impressive stat to being one that goes against. If you miss three or four games, then all of a sudden it's, ah, well, you know, is he really the defensive player of the year when he missed this many games? There's a fine line there between, wow, he missed two games and look at the numbers, and when the voters are going to sit down and go, oh, he missed three or four games? Well, he wasn't available enough. I'm not saying I agree with it. I'm just telling you that's going to be the logic. Julie tweets me and says, Stan Saverin said it. You can't scheme up stink. It's absolutely correct, and you'll hear Stan (laughs) talking all kinds of stink, stank, stunk here in about 10 minutes right here on 970 ESPN. Uh, Julie says, they blew it in the offseason with the signing and the drafting or lack thereof of Lyman. Better fix it this summer. And Julie is our resident Canadian on Steelers Nation Radio. She says, I'm embarrassed (laughs) Claypool is Canadian. Listen, I'm not going to lie to you and say that you shouldn't be upset with Chase Claypool today, that he hasn't done boneheaded things this season. I would also, though, just be quick to, you know, not completely uh you know write the guy off either he's extremely talented he is we saw that last year and and obviously talent can only take you so far you've got to have it between the ears we all know that that's part of this too um you can be frustrated with chase claypool you can want him to be sat down on the bench i think all those things are fair um but i also think it's fair to you know to wait and see if he can figure it out may tweets and says do you think the steelers have a uh, bigger coaching issue or personnel issue, which is the bigger problem. The team always seems to be unprepared and quite undisciplined. Nothing ever gets fixed. Wash, rinse, repeat. It, certainly, it, it, some of it is on the coaching. Everyone's culpable, right? We, we, we do like to do this. Not just you, May. Everybody does. I do it. Steelers fans do it. Every sports fan base does it. We like to point the finger and, you know, find one thing that we can harp on, one thing that we can blame when things aren't going well. It's, it's everyone's culpable. You know, if it's, if it's a pie, everyone's got their slice of issues. I do think, though, the personnel is, is, is certainly an issue. Even if you had Mike Tomlin combined with Bill Belichick dipped in Vince Lombardi and Dick LeBeau, I, I, I still don't know if this team would be playing up to the level that we all desire. I'm not saying coaching is absolved from all that either. Like I said, everyone is culpable. But I, I think if you're trying to just choose one, you're just you, you're not you're not being honest. You're you're doing a disservice. Let's go back to the phone lines here. Last phone call of the day. Our buddy Devin in Denver is on the line. Devin, what's up, partner? Oh, the irony! <laughs> oh, the irony of being the last caller today. First and foremost, I have to get this off my chest. There's someone that's following you out there calling players punks, and that's a punk move by a well-known and respected broadcaster. Now, I did the, the math, and I've done it on my, on my phone. We can still literally win the division with four straight wins. Are we going to get four straight wins? 
time will tell. But the issue of people cherry-picking what's wrong here, it's Claypool, it's the coaching, it's this, it's that. Part of it is also the fandom. The fandom with unrealistic or uneducated mm. takes on what's going on with the team. I love the Steelers, but I'm always going to be honest. I've been telling you guys for three or four years the O-line was, was not up to snuff. I've been telling you for three or four years that Ben is not the problem. And now people want to lose more games to get higher draft picks. They're not guaranteed to be winners if right. you get higher draft picks. All it means is that you're getting higher draft picks. Tomlin has never had a losing season. He went 8-8 eight eight with no time to prepare when Ben got hurt. So I don't want to hear this nonsensical, I'll hear educated coaching takes, but every other coaching that Tomlin is the reason makes me fairly sick and disgusted. Hmm. Now let's go back to the game. The game itself, those were gaping holes. Our, we have moved Hayward to the inside, and once we do that, they run outside. Or if, if, if our greatest uh, defender, TJ, goes to the inside, they run outside. They have schemes. They have players that want to win, just like we have players that want to win. We want our Steelers to go, you know, go to the Super Bowl every year. But is it realistic with this roster? No, it is not. Our offensive line needs help. Our defensive ends need help. We need help on the roster, and drafting seven players with the highest draft picks doesn't even guarantee that those players will perform. We need a combination of a little bit better free agency acquisitions because this is the these are the years where free agents can come in and make splashes, but normally we don't do that route. Well, we're going to have to make a change if we're going to make Hulso wrong. Yeah. Oh, and there he goes. Devin with the mic drop. We're going to have to make change if we want wholesale roster changes. Look, you know, Devin makes a good point there. As much as in theory, like, we're all thinking, ah, can they get a top 10 pick? Ah, is it worth it at this point? Should they just try and get a better draft, you know, just just jockey for a better draft position? Folks, who's the highest drafted player on the roster by the Steelers? It's Devin Bush. Yeah, Joe Hayden was drafted higher than, than Devin Bush was, but, but he, he wasn't drafted by the Steelers. Right now, of all the players on the Steelers roster, Devin Bush was the one drafted highest. And he is arguably the guy that we've been most frustrated with this season, right? So, so Devin's absolutely right. Even if the Steelers had the first overall pick, it, it's not guaranteed that that's going to be a hit. If you're drafting in the top 10, it's not guaranteed that that's going to be a hit. Now, I'm also not going to sit here and be naive. It, it, you, it certainly increases your chances if you're drafting in the top 13, 14, as opposed to, you know, the 24, 25, 26 range where Kevin Colbert has been picking for the majority of his tenure. But Devin's right. Just having high draft picks doesn't guarantee you're going to be good. Look at the Browns and how long they picked highly. Look at the Lions. Look at the Jets. Look at the Jags. You got to be able to find and develop talent all over the board. That's one of the reasons why the Steelers haven't had a losing season since I was in friggin' middle school, and I'm going to be 31 here in a few weeks. Timmy tweets me and says, Good morning, cousin. Normally after losses, I'm really ticked off, but I feel okay after yesterday's loss. I just appreciate the way they fought back. But my question, everyone wants to know, why are they starting so slow? A lot of different reasons, Timmy. But, it, but if you didn't hear, here was something that I laid out earlier on in the show. I think they have to get Najee involved more earlier and I'm not saying that is like the Neanderthal run the dang football mentality first drive 11 plays only two carries for Nosh second drive one carry for Nosh third drive one carry for Nosh first three drives he touched the ball four times none of those touches were on first down against the 31st ranked rush defense in the NFL and then all of a sudden you're down 16 points and you can't lean on the run game because you because you're playing catch up 
I'm not saying that's the cure-all. I'm not saying that's going to fix everything. But I think a key for better starts is you have to get Najee involved early. You have to keep your defense off the field. You have to extend drives. You have to wear their defense down. And if you do all of that too, guess what? It's going to make life easier on Ben Roethlisberger. Last one here before I go and hand things over to the godfather, Stan Sabrin. Because this is a good one from Topcat. Topcat tweets me, at Wesley Euler. And a reminder, if you like the show today, please follow me on Twitter. They do pay me to do this show, but the ego boost with the Twitter follows is just as important. Topcat tweets me and says, I always say defense doesn't win championships, offense doesn't win championships, talent wins championships, and we don't have enough. That's hard to argue with, Topcat. That's going to do it for me today, folks. Enjoy your weekend. I appreciated all the phone calls and the tweets today. Again, if you want to rock and roll with me and Arthur Motes more, you can catch us at noon every day on SNR, except for today because I'm out of here. You'll get Stan Saverin up next. Enjoy the weekend. If I don't speak to some of you in the next couple weeks, I hope you have a great holiday and a Merry Christmas as well. Take care now. Bye-bye then. Stan Saverin. Up next, you've been listening to In the Locker Room. I'm Wesley Euler, and this is ESPN Pittsburgh and SNR.